Hi, what up, Internet? Welcome back to Pop Culture To Do, the podcast where two friends give each other pop culture homework on things to watch, read, listen to. There probably shouldn't have been a pause there, but I left one in. It's okay, we'll fix it in post. I'm Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Greg. With me is my beautiful co-host, Anthony. Hey, hey. <laughs> How's everyone doing tonight? It's not tonight. They can't answer. It's, <laughs> it's also two in the afternoon. <laughs> How's nobody doing ever? <laughs> Crickets. Well, welcome back to the show. We have a nice, we have a nice show packed for you today. The topic of discussion, well, the the pre-topic before the main topic, uh, we're actually going to be covering the Oscar nominations because we have things to say. And then uh, after that, we're going to jump into our main topic of the episode, which is a podcast slash story that I had to uh, listen to, which is Alice Isn't Dead, but we will get to that later. Yeah, first up, we're going to talk about that the Oscars are always wrong. Yeah, (laughs) except, you know what, there's a lot of this that I, like, I'm just, I'm I'm happy for, Mm -hmm. like Minari and Sound of Metal and Promising Young Woman. Sound of Metal and Promising Woman actually have quite a few like nominees, which is which is great. Yeah, honestly the Promising Young Woman stuff I was really pleasantly surprised with because yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to our episode on it, you can. Mm-hmm. But like I didn't think it was going to get the Oscar nominations same it's not oscar baby you know yeah which is which is kind of like i feel like it's a nice relief because it's kind of like switch i feel like it could possibly switch up the game because obviously as we all know oscars do have their you know their their preferred criteria of film that they always gravitate towards like like all audience members do you know you have the movies that you're interested in i have the movies i'm interested in and yeah. the oscars are interested in stories about older white men yeah primarily or racist. yeah but but it, it does even though i i would there's still a lot that i wished could be you know involved and included there are quite a few things and i'm at least happy got the oscar recognition that they very much deserved uh because like i mentioned in in another episode usually you'll have a lot of pour over from the golden globes and you'll see like a lot Mm -hmm. of the same uh, nominations get spilled over into the oscars but this time it actually there seems to be a little bit of a switch up there's a lot more for sound of metal there's a lot more for promise young young woman there's a lot more for minari actually i didn't see that many for minari in golden globes Minari in the Golden Globes was nominated for Best Foreign Language mm. Picture, which yeah. is weird because I know it's foreign language, but that typically is the unofficial uh, foreign feature category. Like usually it translates one-to-one or roughly one-to-one Golden Globes and Oscars, yeah. which Minari wouldn't be nominated for because it's an American film. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I guess maybe they, they just build out all this because as we know in the Golden Globes, there's like best dramatic picture and then their best like a uh, comedy or musical type thing. Mm-hmm. 
which is uh, so it's, I'm, I'm assuming maybe it didn't fit into either of those categories, which doesn't really make sense because I see that Minari would fit into like a dramatic picture, but whatever, you know. I'm very, I'm actually very happy that Paul Racy got uh, Best Performance nomination. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Well deserved. He gives a great sensitive performance, but I really didn't think that he would get anything. I didn't think that the movie would get much. I thought maybe Riz Ahmed and that's it. Me too. It's 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 really nice to to have it, to see him there because he deserves it. He was so good in the in the film. I, you know what? I actually didn't check, but I do wonder if Sound of Metal was nominated for like best achievement in sound. Yes, it was. Perfect. Of course. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm so surprised to see Borat in the Oscars. <laughs> like, I mean, from what I understand, it's a very topical movie. So. Yeah, 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 for sure it is. But uh, <laughs> it's like, like, did the first one get any Oscar, like, recognition? Not to my knowledge. Right, but then you have like this: the actress who also co-stars with him with Sasha Baron Cohen in the film. Her name is uh, Maria Bakalova. She's been getting a ton of recognition and love for her portrayal in that mm -hmm. film. And I think it might be her first picture. I don't know about that. No, she's been in... Nope, never mind. She's been in some other stuff. <laughs> she's been in some other stuff, but... But nothing, uh, like, big? This would be her biggest her biggest film and uh quite an achievement i have to say yeah uh i want to uh quickly mention something that you know you and i are both thinking where is the five bloods thank you i think it got nominated for music and that's it let's see it's the only thing i've noticed on the list oh my god i'm looking at yeah yeah that's the only thing are you kidding me that's like so offensive, man, but whatever. I feel like everyone in that film did such a phenomenal job. And I mean, obviously, especially Delroy Lindo who like killed it and he's not getting anything. He's not getting anything. The, the award shows are always notoriously good at ignoring Spike Lee. Why? I have no idea. If you look at like his two landmark films of his career one could say do the right thing and black Klansman, mm. you know the one that launches career and the one that a lot of people talk about it being his return to form even though he's been making movies non-stop for years but those two movies the nominations they gave were to the white guys you know they they don't show him the respect he deserves and damn does he deserve it man Seriously. I, I checked on IMDb. He he has one win for best adaptation for Black Landsman, but uh, mm -hmm. he, he the guy deserves so much more. Yeah, and look how late into his career it was. Oh my god. Anyway, I, I, I feel like Spike Lee is someone whose filmography I really need to to dive deeper into. Same. Because uh, I, I've only I've only seen three of his films. Oh wow. And I, I really need to like grow that no sorry four i've seen four films and uh i need to seriously like boost those numbers you know because he's he's quite prolific mm -hmm. yeah so, so. i want to just take a minute while we're on this to just sort of go through 
what are considered like the big awards yeah. for uh, the Oscars, you know, the, the acting ones and uh, best picture. And I want to, one, get your thoughts on it, give my thoughts on it, and then sort of say who we think is going to win and who oh, we think yeah. should win. Because I think those are two very different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah. So based off the list I have here, uh, the first category I'm looking at is actor in a leading role. Oh, okay. So we've got uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Steven Young for Minari. Go off, dude. Okay, who do I... Okay, I'm going to start with who do I want to win. Okay, just because I haven't... I literally have not seen any of the other films, despite knowing that everyone in this category is... They're, ex like, ridiculously talented... Uh, I have seen Sound of Metal, and I adored Riz Ahmed's portrayal of someone who's a musician who's going deaf. And I think, like, I would love him to win. Honestly, I really think that he deserves it. I think that he did such a great job playing off of the sound design that we experience, you know? And I, I think that he gives that role so much dimension. And uh, who do I think will win? Mm -hmm. I some part of me says that Chadwick Boseman's going to take it. I mean, it makes sense because yeah. I I've seen the movie. It's an amazing performance. He's great in it, and it's his chance to win after having passed. And the Oscars do have a bias towards that with Heath Ledger and the Joker as well. You know, it's, yeah. and it's a way yeah. for them to honor his memory. Yeah, and and if he if he wins, like I'm not gonna be mad. Like that guy mm -hmm. is so talented; it's ridiculous. You should watch the movie. He's fantastic in it. Viola Davis is fantastic in it. It's it's definitely on my to do list. I and it's just it's on Netflix, so it's like it's right there. But that also makes it easier to ignore. You know, it's easy to get to because it's right there on Netflix. But it's also easy to ignore because it's like, oh, well. It'll be you know, it's right there. It'll always be right there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm a huge Viola Davis fan. I love that woman. I think she's amazing. So, yeah, I mm -hmm. really want to see it. I really want to see it. And Chadwick Boseman's yeah. fantastic, too. He's great in it. Uh, Coleman Domingo is really good in it as well. What? Look him up. You'll see his face. He'll be like, oh, that guy. Because he's one of those that guy actors. Okay. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah, this guy is in Assassination Nation. That's That was my introduction to him. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, so that's who I, th those are my prospects. Now let's have yours. I think it's either going to be Chadwick Boseman, you know, for he's passed, here's your award, or it's going to go to Anthony Hopkins for you're old oh. and this was a sensitive movie. Uh, yeah, okay, that's so those uh, that's who you think will win. Yeah, it's gonna go down to one of them. Although I'm looking at the list, I'm kind of happy with almost anyone winning. Yeah. I think Riz Ahmed gives an amazing performance, Chadwick Boseman, amazing performance, Anthony Hopkins. All I'm gonna go ahead and assume he's amazing because he's always amazing. Yeah, and I'd really like Stephen Young to get it because he's really talented, and I haven't seen Minari yet. I love this actor. He's so talented, and I would just love to see him get it because it'll open a lot of doors for him. Yeah. You know, 
and and this is absolutely zero disrespect to the other people. It's just like Anthony Hopkins has already won. Gary Oldman literally just won not too long ago. You know, like I would love for like the 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 people who we don't typically see, like Chadwick, Riz, or Steve, to win, to be given that opportunity. You know. Yeah, less old white men. Yes. <laughs> so from here do we go to uh leading actress sure leading actress okay we've got viola davis ma rainey's black bottom andrea day the united states versus billy holiday vanessa kirby pieces of a woman francis mcdormand for nomadland and carrie mulligan for promising young woman now let's let's have you start this off because i did the last one okay uh francis mcdormand is gonna win i don't think that's a question yeah uh, all the hype around Nomadland, it's hers. If it doesn't go to her, it's going to Viola Davis. I'm okay with that. I love Viola Davis. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. who do you want I, to win? I, I would be down. I'd be down if Carrie Mulligan won. Promising Young Woman is great. She's great in it. I don't think they're going to give it to her. I'd be very surprised if they did. And I hate saying that because she's fantastic in the film, but it, it seems like a long shot. But I do think that maybe like like the, the oscars always do that like thing once in a while they really really surprise you which is why i think that mm-hmm. for me i'm i completely agree with you francis mcdormand or viola davis but for some reason a part of me thinks like i think the oscars might switch it up and give it to like vanessa kirby or andra day because keep in mind andra day won the golden globe right well you know maybe she'll get it then i'm not sure but I honestly, I think it's Frances McDormand. I think she is an Oscar favorite. Like, they like her. Yeah. And Nomadland is one of those movies, you know? It's it's like, it's got Oscars written all over it. Yeah. You know. I haven't seen it, though. Uh, I know... Yeah, it's on my to-do list as well. Yeah. I know either Wendell or Matt or both have seen it, though. I can't remember. I can't remember anything anymore. That's okay. <laughs> uh, supporting actor? Yeah. All right. Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Autumn Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. A movie I really want to see. Yeah, me too. Right? Who do I think? Part of me says they're probably going to give it to Sasha. I think so too. I haven't seen the movie and it's weird saying that about the guy who most of his career is ridiculous costumes, but he always has a lot to say with those movies when he's being silly and comedic. And he he apparently gives a very good performance in Chicago 7, so. He does, like honestly. Like I I would consider Sasha Baron Cohen to be like one of those chameleon type actors. Mm -hmm. Um... Because, like, you know, you, we know him for Borat or Ali G, which are kind of like these character uh, roles with with a lot of subtext, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you have him in more serious roles like Chicago 7. You have him in these theatrical roles like Sweeney Todd. And the guy is always great. Like, he is. Absolutely. Like, I think he's going to get it. Yeah. Partially because I think... You know, Judas and the Black Messiah is considered a 
a big movie right now and I want to see it. It looks great. But I think the fact that they're, they have two actors in the same category is going to split the vote. Yeah. Um, also, hold on. I, I wanted to mention this before uh, because, I, first of all, I super agree with you. Secondly, even though I have not seen the movie, I've seen the poster. Why is Daniel Kaluuya in a supporting category? Isn't he the lead? Because he's not the lead. No, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is the lead. The studio petitioned him for the lead because they nominated the Academy, just decided let's nominate him for supporting actor, even though the studio is saying, here's our lead actor nomination. It's Lakeith Stanfield. The fuck? You yeah. could easily take out Gary Oldman, stick with Lakeith Stanfield in there, whatever. Absolutely. Anyway. Bullshit aside, yeah, I agree with you. I think because it's gonna it's gonna split the vote because you have two Judas and the Black Messiah uh, actors in the same category, so mm -hmm. it, it will be a kind of uh, yeah. yeah. I think it will be a split. They might give it to Leslie Odom Jr. as like a look. We like black people type thing. Yeah, that's also true. Which is so stupid because, like, I'm sure they should they should just give it to him because he was fantastic. I haven't seen the movie, mm -hmm. but I've heard things, and I'm sure this guy was amazing. Yeah, I might watch it this week. Yeah, I really want to check it out too. Uh, who, here's who I want to win, uh, which I'm pretty sure I've, I've hinted at before, but I really want Paul Racy to win because this guy. Yeah, he's my pick too. Yeah, he he's so he's so so good in Sound of Metal. And uh, we don't we don't get that much time with him. We get a, quite a bit, but not that much. And and but the moments that we get with him are are like some of the best, you know. Oh, yeah, it's a very sensitive performance. I'd also like Lakeith Stanfield to get it, just because I've been following his career for a while. Because I watched the first season of Atlanta, and he is fantastic in it. And then he started popping up all over the place, and he's very talented. And I think if they're not going to give him lead actor nomination, they might as well give him the award for supporting actor. At least. Yeah, th yeah, I, I really like Lakeith Stanfield. He's a fantastic actor. He's really, he's like, he was, he's really great in Uncut Gems. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I really like uh, his performance in Uncut Gems. Uh, but yeah, I have to... Like I said before, I really have to see this movie. It's been on my to do yeah. uh, to watch list for a while. Yeah, I just have to find it somewhere because I know it's on a streaming platform, but it's not one I have. Which uh, is it? HBO Max. Probably because it's a WB movie. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. remember which one it is, but I remember looking it up, and it's not one I have. Mm, but I can probably okay. rent it somewhere, I guess. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. I love, I love, I've rented a few movies already on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. From there, uh, we're gonna supporting go into... actress. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Maria ba Bacla. How, how do you pronounce the last name? You you said it before. Maria. Maria Bakalova. Maria Bakalova. Okay. Thank you. For a Borat's sequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime to make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Okay, I'm really happy that you said it. They should win an award for best title. 
Yeah. <laughs> I got that title out in one breath, but I couldn't say Maria Bakalova. <laughs> I love the original title in parentheses. <laughs> like if they should make a title award and just give it to that, honestly. Yeah. Seriously. Anyways, then we have uh, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried from Mank, and Yoo Jung Yoon from Minari. I don't know if I got her name right. Yoon... And I'm sorry if I didn't. Yoon Yo Jung. That's, I'm, I don't know, that's what it says here on uh, IMDb. So I don't know. See, I've got but... it in a different order Yeah. on yeah, yeah. the Oscars website. I've got it as a Yoo Jung Yoon. Who knows? Yeah, it's I, I, yeah, it's confusing sometimes. I, I don't know how it works, but it wasn't a Asian person who put together these two conflicting lists, or else they'd be the same, and we would know. And yeah, I'm sorry, exactly. I don't mean to offend by not by not knowing the name. And I, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how it is, so that way when uh, the Oscars don't give her the award, we can say ah. She was robbed, and we can get her name right. Absolutely. Um, okay, so who do you think will win? Who do you want? I think it is going to be Olivia Coleman for The Father. Because she is talented, the Oscars like her, and it's one of those movies. I don't know who my pick is, because I haven't seen any of these yeah, movies. So I'm going to say Olivia Coleman for The Father, because I also like her. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, going to change it up. I'm going to say Olivia Coleman for everything she's ever done. <laughs> what? Specifically Hot Fuzz. Oh, my God. I forgot she was in that. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, so for me... Yeah, I haven't seen any of these. I've seen Hillbilly, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, it's uh, not good. I really don't like that movie. <laughs> it's... Uh, anyway. Um, I was really, really not into it at all. She... Of course, Glenn Close was fantastic, though. Uh, I'm, I love Glenn Close. I think she's a phenomenal uh, actress. <laughs> I, I do think... Very talented. I, I do agree with you, though. I do think that it will either... I think it'll go to Olivia Coleman, um, who I want to win. Even though I have not seen it, uh, I'm either between Yoon Yo Jung or Maria Bakalova, because I just, I just want to say something usually usually uh actors or primarily actresses are given roles for like very hefty dramatic roles you know very like intense or very serious emotional roles this is this one is a super like it's, it's borat it's a comedic film mm -hmm. so I, I i i just love like not only did oh uh like a like I don't, where is she from hold on She's a Bulgarian. She's a Bulgarian Bulgarian actress, 
And so it would be like a first win for a Bulgarian actress in a comedy. I think that would that that's so cool, no? That is really cool. I've been saying for so long that the Oscars need to give more representation to comedy. Yeah. And instead the just the film industry started making less comedies. Like you know, like I, I feel like I feel like like a woman, like an actress, really has to like emotionally be through the ringer in order to like even be recognized by the 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 academy. But like, why? Why can't we? Why can't we just show how funny women can be? Look at yeah, um, Marissa Tomei or um, Melissa McCarthy, McCart McCarthy, McCartney. McCarthy. McCarthy. Melissa McCartney. McCartney. For Bridesmaid, she was nominated for an Oscar for that. Like, these yeah. are such rarities, but like, why can't they be more frequent? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do directing? Yeah. yeah. So we've got uh, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Woo! This is the first time there has been more than one woman nominated for Best Picture in the 93 years the Academy Awards have existed. That's so stupid, but okay. Yeah, that's the industry for you. Anyway, um, okay, so uh, do I go... Who do you think's getting it? Okay, who do I think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Chloe Zhao will get it. I agree 100%. I think she's going to get it. Um, who do I want? Um, I have not seen another round, but I have seen The Hunt, which is another Thomas Vinterberg film. And that movie is ridiculously amazing. Um, but I have not seen another round, but I'm sure he did a fantastic job. And David Fincher is literally one of my all-time favorite filmmakers. I haven't seen Mank, but I'm sure he did a fantastic job with it. Um, so I'm going to go strictly off films that I have seen, and I loved what Emerald Fennell did for Promising Young Woman. I really did. Yeah, she I, did a I, great job. I would love I would love her to, to get it. You? I don't think she will. I don't think she will. I'd, no. I And I don't know if she'll get it either. Mm. Like, I don't know if I want her to get it. I think uh, she does a great job, but I would like... Is she nominated for original screenplay? She is. Yeah, I want her to win that. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. I want, I want, I want her to win that, or I want Judas and the Black Messiah to win. Now that I'm looking at, or Sound of Metal, Sound of yeah, Metal, yeah, Sound of Metal, <laughs> go. And then Derek Seen France would have an Oscar. Yes. If I'm going to pick between directing and writing, I think I'd rather have her win for writing. Yeah. Especially because she is definitely not beating Chloe Zhao. Yeah, no, I don't think like, so. Chloe, this is her this is her year. If anyone else gets it, I, I'm going to be really surprised. Yeah, and and that's saying like I'll be very surprised if like David Fincher gets it because, you know, obviously he's he's been nominated before. That being said, I would love for him to win. I love David Fincher. Yeah, but I want him to win for a movie I actually care about. Also that, but I, I realized that the Academy does this thing where it's like, okay, we'll give it to you for this movie, 
when really we should have to make up for the fact that we should have given it to you for that movie, you know? Oh yeah, uh, Denzel winning for Training Day when he should have won for Malcolm X is a good example of that. So is uh, Al Pacino winning for Scent of a Woman instead of any of his good movies yeah. that he did earlier in his career, like The Godfather or The Godfather 2 or that one I can't remember the name of right now, Dog Days. Dog Days, yeah. Like there's a lot of cases of that. You know? Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that I, I think Chloe Zhao's gonna sweep it. Mm-hmm. Um, no question. I also think she's gonna win uh, adapted screenplay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I'm sure she'll get that too. The White Tiger. Oh, I started that movie. Didn't finish it. And no. No, not, not good, or bad. were you not in the mood for it? It was, yeah, I was not in the mood for it, and I had something to do. But um, I, I'm, I'm sure it is good because Mamie is a huge fan of the novel. Cool. Yeah. Are there any uh, other categories we wanted to look at? Score. Score. Why can't I find it? <laughs> Sound, short film, short film, production, best picture. Oh, music, original song. No, that's original song. That's a different thing. <laughs> music, original score. There we go. Nominees, uh, The Five Bloods, uh, Terrence Blanchard, Mank, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, Minari, Emil Mazzeri, News of the World, James Newton Howard, or Soul, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Patisse. I've seen one of these movies. It was The Five Bloods. I guess I picked that. <laughs> Uh, I've seen The Five Bloods and Soul, and I uh, I love the music of Soul. I love what they did. Also, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for having for nailing two uh, films in this category, yeah. right? Which, again, by the same logic as supporting actor, they're not going to win because they're up against themselves. I I think, even though I will say that Soul took the Golden Globe, so. I don't know how much merit that carries over to Oscars, but and um, I feel like they're like if voters are going to pick one, they're going to pick Soul, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, and um, look, anyone who knows me knows I absolutely, uh, absolutely adore Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, I would be immensely Same. happy. Yeah, exactly. We're huge, huge fans of these guys. I would be immensely happy if they won for either Mank or Soul. But judging by the fact that nothing for The Five Bloods was nominated and just this, I, I would love to see The Five Bloods win. I don't think it will. I don't know no. why. It might be because I can't remember a single piece of music from that movie. And not to say that the music was bad. I didn't watch the movie and think, oh, this track doesn't work but i can't remember any of it no 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 yeah yeah it's just i think it's i think for me it's it's one of those movies that the music just blended so well with like into the film that you you mm-hmm. for me when i was watching it i i kind of like i was not really separating one from the other i was just kind of experiencing it as a whole mm-hmm. 
Hey, you know what might happen? Uh, it could be that Minari's composer wins, and that's the only award they get. So the only award for a mostly Asian film goes to the white guy. There's precedent for that in the Oscars too. Yeah, I I wouldn't put it past them. Or it could go to James Newton Howard. They like him too. That's true. That's true. Um, I also realize I keep talking about how you know two people like nominated for the same film are gonna like cancel each other out. Hmm. And then I remembered Steven Soderbergh beat himself for best director. Wait, how? I, I... He was nominated for Traffic and Aaron Brockovich in the same year, and he won for Traffic. So what? my theory doesn't actually work. What? Okay, but hold on. What a fucking king, first of all. <laughs> he beat himself? Yeah. And, you know, three Master. other directors. Master. Anyway, I'm just hoping maybe this year will be different. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, I think. Oh, documentary. I, I'm. I haven't actually seen any of these. Have you? The documentaries. No. Okay, so we won't. We won't go into. Oh wait, animated feature. Last animated one. Animated feature. Yeah. Animated feature. Can you find it? Oh no, here yeah, it is. Here I'll, it is. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, Soul's gonna win. <laughs> okay, so, so the other nominees. <laughs> uh, Soul will win. I'm, I'm almost. I'm willing to bet like both my kidneys and my pancreas. Damn. But yeah, Soul's gonna take it. But. I do want Shaun the Sheep to win because I won. I watched the first one, and it's amazing. But have you seen Farmageddon? No, I haven't. You gotta watch. You, you gotta get on that Farmageddon. I know. <laughs> ah, damn. I will at some point. But yeah. Okay. So those are those are the the Oscar nominations, and those are our prospects for who we want to win. Like, yeah. We could do the other categories, but I don't care. Also very true. I, I don't... I, best, like, documentary short, short subject. I didn't watch any of these. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to bullet through all of them and just guess everything. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to do that. Lightning Cinematography. Uh, Sean Bobbitt, because I liked his work in other movies. Okay. Costume design... Uh, whoever did uh, Alexandra Byrne for Emma because it's a period piece or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because it's also a period piece. They love that. Academy loves that. Documentary. I am going to say My Octopus Teacher because that sounds hilarious and I might watch it. <laughs> Documentary short <laughs> subject. Do not spit. Same reasoning. <laughs> Film editing, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. International film, I'm going to go with another round because it's from Denmark and I've been there. Yeah. Makeup and hairstyling, let's go with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. No, let's go with Pinocchio because I didn't know they made another Pinocchio movie. Uh, original song, <laughs> Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Nice. Production design, 
Let's go with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, short film animated. Let's go with anything. If anything happens, I love you. Short film live action, two distant strangers, sound design, sound of metal, no questions. Yeah. Visual effects, tenet, I guess. Yeah, considering it's all supposed to be practical or in camera. Um, yeah. Writing, adapted screenplay, Nomadland. Writing, original screenplay will probably be Judas and the Black Messiah or Minari. Oh, it could yeah. be any of these. Honestly, it could be anything. I'm going to say Promising Young Woman or Sound of Metal. Yeah. There, our comprehensive covering of everything the Oscars. Perfect. <laughs> you are now up to speed. <laughs> Tune in in April when we do this again. <laughs> Just as half-assed for the actual winners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, before we get into the main topic, have you watched or consumed any other content that you think is worth talking about? Um, I recently watched a film on... Um, oof, I watched a very heavy film on Mubi. M-U-B-I, um, which is a, a great uh, platform for, like, you know, art house, indie, foreign cinema. Really, really, like, off the radar. And I watched this film that um, my fiance May May, actually watched back when she was uh, a bit younger, I think, maybe in Seja or high school, late in high school. And the film is actually, it's, uh, I believe it's Argentinian or Spanish from Spain um it's called in a glass cage and it's an extremely haunting and atmospheric film and it's from the 90s and you can tell it's from the 90s from this like blue filter like that's just all over <laughs> the film and it's it's deeply disturbing um I'm not going to give any synopsis because honestly, you should just go in blind. That's what I did. And I, I feel weird saying I enjoyed the film, but it, it's a really great film. Um, and another film I just watched not too long ago on Shudder, <laughs> surprise, uh, is a, a Swedish film called, okay, bear with me. It's a Swedish film called Kokodi, Kokoda. And this is an extremely strange movie um i don't even know if i could recommend it just because like it's it's super not for everyone <laughs> but yeah you know it's on shutter if you want to check it out and the other one was on movie if you want to check it out and those what i those are what i've been watching nort have you been watching anything i watched uh, lost highway by david lynch which uh, we, we talked about after I watched it. I actually texted you before. I was like, is this something that you plan on getting me to watch for the podcast? You said no. So I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really good. I rank it low on the list of David Lynch movies I've seen. But at the same time, it's really good. I rank it higher than most movies I've seen <laughs> that aren't by David Lynch yeah that's true uh yeah I, I love that movie and i also watch yeah no no sorry i was just gonna say like i love the 90s grunge feel yeah yeah i feel like it lacks some of what lynch what i love out of lynch which is that sort of like oh it's americana 
but there's something underneath. Yeah. Like, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, super, like, super prominent in films like uh, uh, Blue, Blue Velvet or, or even Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. And it's the entire thesis of Twin Peaks. There you go. There you go. It is Twin Peaks, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, is, is that it? Have you seen anything else? No, I also watched uh, Watch of Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, I wanted to see that. Yeah. It's yeah, good? it's been on my to-do list forever. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Made me feel so many feelings. Ah, love that. Just sitting there in the dark watching it by myself. I was just like, oh, feelings. Uh. But I, I actually watched it because our... <laughs> I watched it because our friends uh, Matt and Wendell from a Gentleman Sports Corner podcast, the number one sports podcast in Montreal, also talking about movies. Go check them out. Yeah, uh, they were covering it, and I was like, "Shit, I'm not gonna. I want. I'm gonna listen to their podcast, but I gotta watch the movie first. Yeah, for sure. To understand the points, you know. So you know, I, I did, and, and you know, and it was an excuse to do it because I've been wanting to watch it forever. Yeah. And it, it's very good. Barry Jenkins is a very touching filmmaker. He seems like that. He seems like he has a, a very emotional approach to, and this is literally just me going off of Moonlight. Unfortunately, it's the only film I've seen by by him. I do want to see if Beale Street could talk, but I, I do consider him to be like a, he has like a very, very like emotional uh, closeness or approach to his filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's very good yeah yeah highly recommend i'm definitely gonna check it it's on netflix right yep uh both movies i watched were nice okay so main topic main topic all right guys welcome to the main topic of the show um so main topic of the show main topic of the show main topic of the show theme song okay so no one's listening to this <laughs> no <laughs> uh so for anyone who was uh, listening to our last episode norton had me uh for this episode listen to a podcast story uh which was titled alice isn't dead and it's about a woman who is going from i believe atlanta to miami i i think it's that um she's driving a truck and she's delivering deodorant uh, <laughs> uh, during for this trek because she works for a shipping company. And it's during this trek, she experiences a lot of very weird things. Uh, and that's basically the spoiler-free uh, summary. I will now be getting into spoilers for as much as I can because uh, I will preface this by saying I had not yet completed it. I just, I have one or two episodes left for season one and then obviously all of season two to complete and season but it's oh my god and there's season three so (laughs) i'm I'm, yeah but i i did want to get quite a few episodes in to get like a rough uh to to be able to have like a a good standing on on an opinion for an opinion Mm -hmm. man i thought you were a lot further along than you are because you because we had said last week, oh, and we'll talk about how many episodes you're going to have to listen to for the episode, for our show. And then I texted mm-hmm. you on Monday and you're like, I've already listened to seven. So yeah. I was like, oh, damn, he is destroying this. 
<laughs> and then I was like, oh man, I don't know how far he's gonna get. I need to uh, have a refresher. So this week I re-listened to the whole damn thing. <laughs> All three seasons? Yeah. <laughs> and I now realize that I really didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we probably should have discussed that before. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I only finished re-listening to it today, and I was like, man, I gotta get all the episodes in. I literally <laughs> finished it right before we jumped on the Zoom call. <laughs> this is how we do things here at Pop, Pop Culture to do. Uh, no, I actually purposely uh, stopped at a certain point just because I wanted to be able to kind of collect all my thoughts. Um, because for, for the most part, I did enjoy it. Uh, I love that they're... It's weird because there are certain breaks, I'm assuming, because the way the, the podcast is um, narrated is that it, she's like speaking into a radio uh, or something, and, it, it, and you hear like the tape switch, and each time the tape is switching, the music also changes, which I thought was such a great idea. Um, like the the music will like i think if it's in present time the music goes to this really ominous dark ambient music which is which builds this entire atmosphere for you to the point where you don't even like need visuals because this is just podcast right i can't go into like cinematography or acting i could just go into like what i hear and i think that the way our lead actress uh voice actress not only does her part but describes the the things around her the, the character of of sylvia or alice because there's a lot of times where she recounts stories of her partner alice um i think she does such an amazing job and it helps paint this visual for you where you don't need a video because they're doing such a great job on their own and the music really helps that. Yeah. And I know you're a big fan of atmosphere in the movies and TV shows you watch, which is why when I listened to it initially, I was like, man, you need to get on this because yeah. it's right up your alley where it's it's creepy and dark and you feel everything yeah. through the artistry of the production. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's such a great like it's it's a really great job because um i i actually had i had no idea because when the when the podcast first starts you hear a gentleman speaking but he's just the the writer i think of the story and i thought yeah, he was going to be the one yeah yeah i thought he was going to be the one narrating and then she acts her parts but no like once he kind of introduces the story who he is the actresses whatever he kind of lets her like take over and it's it's really cool because she's we're always with her we even when we even when we're introduced to this new character sylvia we don't hear sylvia we hear um uh we hear the character speaking for sylvia my apologies what's her name again um, uh the the actress yeah the, the the character the main character uh you don't find out her name until the last episode of the first season Okay, that would explain why I don't get... She's played by a Jessica Nicole. Yes, yes. That's the actress who speaks her. She does a fantastic job. And uh, I will say one thing. I do have one, like, one kind of gripe with the uh, with the show so far. And that's, that's our, our villain, who is 
beast, I'll say, this like weird monster who like eats everything. And he's first referred to by the as the thistle man. Because mm-hmm. he wears like this polo that says the word thistle on it. And then he's later described as the hungry man. Yeah. I fucking hate that name so much. I, I'm sorry. I, I really hate it. Which one? Hungry man. Oh. I I hate it because it lessens his imposing step like nature and his his threatening like 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 a character, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that really degrades him down to like a child villain, and it like mm-hmm. like something you'd see in like a TV show for kids. And it's like, I really I hope they just continue with Thistle Man because I think that's a way better name. I I hear what you're saying. I disagree though, because the idea is that this entity and what's going on with it defies what we understand so as people and it's a name that you get from the character sylvia who is a teenage girl yeah so she refers to him as what she has seen him as which is the hungry man like it makes sense you know you're not going to look at certain things that you have no understanding for and try to give it concrete names you know in the same way the thistle man is just that title because of the name on the shirt yeah which I completely understand. I understand that this is like a, a teenager's perspective of this character. And I totally get it. I just really don't like that name. But I, I, I understand yeah. why they, yeah, I understand why they chose it. Um, for me personally, though, I think the, the Thistle Man just holds so much more mystery. I like when she says them together. You know, this Thistle Man, this Hungry Man. I like when it's to, when it's all being used to describe him. Yeah. Whereas if it's just one or the other it doesn't have as much gravitas to it as when it's just both if that makes sense yeah yeah i do i i definitely agree with that for some reason it's kind of like when 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 she does that it's kind of like maybe she's under like she's like understanding this thing now from like two perspectives like she's seeing now what the teenagers saw what's what sylvia saw and she's mm-hmm. kind of combining that with her own experience so i definitely agree on that i i I like when she uses both terms. Um, I will say though, there there's this this uh, this uh, show. Well, like Alice is in Dead has this weird atmosphere because because the whole show she's is she's kind of like driving, right? She's driving uh, what appears to be this long desolate road. For some reason, I I can't help but picture something like you know, like the visuals of like the Hitcher or or for anyone who might have seen the film Southbound, you know, like just there's something so scary about just you are alone on this stretch of land and it's you, the road and your car and and anything can happen. And it's it that adds this other layer of, I guess, like atmosphere and terror, which I I felt while I was watching while I was listening to it. You know, because there's a lot of sound effects too, so it also it helped build this world. Yeah, the the whole thing is great. Like you really like, like I said, you really just feel everything through yeah. it, and just the performance is great. the The music by Disparition is fantastic. Joseph Fink's writing is top notch. Yeah, Wait, uh, and I listened to because he's also. Hmm? I was gonna say, who makes the music? What were you, what were you gonna say? 
Uh, Dispiration is the name of the artist. I gotta check them out. I really like the music in this in this uh, yeah. show. Yeah, the music's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the music is also because uh, the creator Joseph Fink is one of the co-creators of uh, Welcome to Night Vale, one of the big narrative podcasts that exists, and also music by Disparition, and it's all fantastic. When you were listening to Alice Isn't Dead, did you get Lynchian vibes? A little bit, yeah. Me too. Especially like, like no spoilers, but it gets weirder. And it's already very weird. In the later seasons. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, and, but it does so in such a nice way. And all the notes I wrote down was for like the latter half of the show. So I have nothing to actually bring up. Oh, but, no. <laughs> you know, just the way it, it, the way it builds is fantastic because you understand what the story is more and more, but also what the story is conveying mm. because. I don't think it's a spoiler to talk about this show where they're driving across America is about America. Yeah, like that's exactly. not a surprise, but also just the weirdness amps up and like the metaphor amps up and it's the mythology is brilliant and subtle and wonderful. And man, I, I really can't I really like this show. Me too. I really, I recommend it to anyone who's into like these podcasts, like audio stories because it, it is fantastic, and I really do wish I could talk a little bit about it, about it more, but I need to continue it. And I feel like right now, where I've gotten up to was it's it's just after uh, uh, our our narrator and Sylvia have broken into a police station. Actually, na- the narrator did. Sylvia caused a distraction, um, and they get they try to find out what happened to this um, officer who was looking into one of sylvia's cases and uh and then we hear about this other town and i think like from what i remember this other town houses all of these thistle people uh and it's dangerous to talk about it so it's like the voldemort of this of this (laughs) world you know so i i think that's so interesting that there's a i think it's so cool that there's a whole neat like town with where these things dwell like i don't know i just think that's like okay there, there, there's an actually like an origin point like this is where they all are coming from you know yeah and you delve into that more throughout the season and throughout later seasons as well okay like she it, goes, it's really interesting she, yeah oh man i gotta check it out i really yeah. do I need to continue it. Um, but yeah, I, I my overall thoughts so far, like, I love the character. Oh, I wanted to say, yeah, because uh, I feel like we didn't really even hit the, the biggest point. Um, Alice is this character's uh, partner, and, and she was believed to have been, been killed. Uh, she died. I, I don't really know if they I never remember. say killed it's uh she died she died yeah yeah and uh but, but she but isn't because that's the title exactly yeah but then it's also revealed because the character says like she heard on the news or something that the character is in fact not dead so i love in the voice acting you can hear like that betrayal you know because the whole the whole reason 
sorry, that this character has the shipping gig is because she was going through Alice's stuff and she saw something that had um, the, the, the name of Bay and something shipments. I forget the name. Bay and Creek. Um, Bay and Creek ship, shipping. And so she want, she was curious about it. So she took a job there. And that's why she she is uh, in this current position transporting deodorant. Uh, that is such an excellent motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, when I, because at first, I, obviously, you don't understand why she's doing this. And then you hear why. And it's, it's almost like, oh, man, that is like, it's, it's like such a simple thing, but it's perfect. You know, like she's getting closer to the truth by taking this job because hopefully it's linked, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so big for her because they talk about throughout the episodes, she's a yes, very yes. An- anxious per- person. She doesn't like to go anywhere. She doesn't feel comfortable going anywhere. But she has become a person who has uprooted herself and is now driving an 18-wheeler cross-country. We have like this excellent... Uh, like character arc that's like forming you know because she's she's sort of sold herself as this like well like you said like very anxious very fearful scared of everything she's always Mm -hmm. scared this is what she says and and then and now she's doing all of these big things she's she's kind of been she's kind of living through Alice in a sense because Alice is the one who always kind of I guess took the lead like she was very much more outgoing and and brave let's say you know yeah exactly yeah so it's weird because like in order to get closer to alice's truth she's like i don't want to say she's becoming alice but she's she's really stepping outside of her comfort zone and doing things that alice would would have done you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like the more i'm talking about it the more it's just like i really need to continue this this is such brilliant writing you know yeah it's fantastic i'm really yeah. glad you're enjoying it i thought you would. yeah yeah, I yeah. You it's, would. it's so good it's so good my my only gripe was i i don't like the time the hungry man but after speak i still don't like it but it definitely fits into the story i understand why it's being yeah. used you know uh but yeah i'm really happy that you recommended me this because i know that you've been I know that you've been uh, telling me about this for a while because you. Have, this is not the only podcast story that you've told me about. I think you might have told me about others, but this is one that, like, you really like. Y- you were really trying to like sell me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. And because I knew you'd I got... like this one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think you'd like Welcome to Night Vale as well, as well. And in a previous episode, I mentioned that my partner and I, we've been listening to The Bright Sessions, and I think you'd enjoy that one as well. But this one I listened to, and this one, I knew. I listened to yeah. it last summer. I'm like, this is this is Anthony's shit. Yeah, yeah. And then he it totally is. Yeah. It, it's so creepy because, like, it, okay, the reason why I see it, it had, like, this weird lynching vibe was because in the, the beginning, when she enters this diner, she, she encounters this thistle man, like, destroying an omelet. <laughs> and, and then the two of them, they make eye contact, and then he, like, kind of, he talks to her, freaks her out. Then he goes over to this other truck driver named Earl, he, and then he like like I'm I'm fast forwarding a bit, but he he like 
like rips out a chunk of him and right there i'm like what the f like i need i need to know more about mm -hmm. what this thing is and why it's caused such a threat to this like stretch of land you know yeah so uh, it's like riddle and mystery and it's also got that lynchian thing that i mentioned i felt lacking in lost highway where it's the evil underneath america yeah 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 literally because like this guy this this thistle man is that because he, he's this like weird person like wearing a polo which is mm -hmm. typically what you see in like like rich american culture you know the 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 uh like the croquet boys you know like they have like mm -hmm. the collars pop yeah but it's also something you see in blue collar workers because that's often uh a uniform you know they're not going to make fancy shirts for everyone but like here's a polo it's got the name of the company on it mm -hmm. yeah we can make dozens and dozens of them for cheap from a printing company type thing it's it's crazy because like for anyone who uh for any of the listeners who are familiar with the video game little nightmares or little nightmares 2 i imagine the thistle man to like he looks like someone who belongs in that world. Um, if you want, you can Google it after. And, and I, I'd love to know if, if he resembled kind of this way to you. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, you, oh, you, oh yeah. It's going real slow because I'm on a video call. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this aesthetic is fun. Yeah, yeah, it, they're great. It looks like stop motion. I yeah, yeah, the it's the the video games and the effects, like the graphics are phenomenal. It looks really good. Yeah, and so I imagine for some reason like I imagine one of those monsters to be the Thistle Man, like mm -hmm. just cuz I'm so familiar with that game. So you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. That's yeah. not how I pictured it. No, no, Obviously, no. Yeah. I didn't have this frame of reference, but man, no, no. Yeah. Cool yeah. Wait, okay. do you have like a visual that you can give to me that you maybe pictured him? A kind of uh, the movie Men in Black, the, the bug guy where like the skin doesn't fit and he's like lurching around. Are we talking about. Vince Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. Yes. And that, this, yeah, this, this, this. I like about uh about audio drama podcasts is you really take it in more the way you would visualize things than a movie where it's like, well, this is what it looks like. You know, with with audio dramas, you really bring yourself into it as well and your experiences and your picturing of things. And I really love that aspect Me of too. it. Even though she does describe him like a little bit, there's so much that you can mm -hmm. you can make up yourself, you know? Exactly. It gives you just enough that you can fill the spaces with what mm -hmm. you're gonna bring to it. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Um 
so yeah, th those are my points so far. Again, I uh, I need to continue it. Um, Nor, did you want to say anything about it too? Like any more? Because you finished it. What? I've uh, I've finished it twice now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna mention much. I think when you're done, done, you we could do like a, a a touch on the overarching themes as yes. like a little chunk of another episode yeah yeah we should definitely but do that one thing i wanted to bring up yeah one thing i wanted to bring up was a few weeks ago we were having conversation on this podcast about iconography in film yeah and you know like what makes something unique and visual and memorable and i feel like despite this isn't a visual medium the thistle man is iconic to the people who've listened to it I think so. that really fits in to the conversation we were having. I think so too. I think if not, he, he will eventually be, but it's funny. Cause how do you give iconography to something you can't see, which is, you know, like you can, but that's the thing. It gives you enough, the sagging skin, the pus, yeah. the shirt, it gives you enough. And it gives you that feeling yeah. that iconography gives you. Yeah. And it's true because I do wonder how much recent media, like, like I do wonder if Little Nightmares was, had, had that influence when they were creating the characters, you know? And who knows, you know, like, I'm sure Joseph Fink has talked about it because he's very open about his writing process. You can go on like Patreon or whatever and get behind the scenes. So I'm sure you can find him talking about it but i also like not knowing sometimes you know i love director's commentary and everything but at the same time it's nice for something like this something that does play in surrealism and strangeness yeah to not get answers which is why i love david lynch because if you see him do an interview where they're like oh explain maholland drive he's like that's no. not the point yeah exactly you know it's like like, why do you want me to do the work for you? You know, half the fun is yeah. making these theories yourself and, and coming up with these mm -hmm. these ideas yourself, you know? Yeah, and that's why I don't like, uh, well, I, I, I do and I don't like uh, that YouTube channel, Twin Perfect, that made like a four and a half hour explanation. This is what Twin Peaks is thoroughly explained. And I think it's a fun explanation and a fun concept. But I feel like saying definitively, this is what it is and this is what it means. Yeah. Robs people watching it who may be a little more success, uh, susceptible thinking, oh, I guess I was wrong. That sucks. Yeah, it, it does take that away from you, you know. And that's, that's mm -hmm. also kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I don't like reading too much into like certain things just because um like I, i'm scared that my theories will be wrong and and i'm like oh man but i loved my ideas so much more you know mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's why i love david lynch is he leaves an audience-sized hole in his work yeah yeah oh man i i i, I love david lynch and i and i any for yeah like any lynch fans whatever like seriously, you have to check this out. Like Alice Isn't Dead is such a is so good, you know. 
I really, really dig it. Just if you're a fan of like creepy stories, you know? Yeah. It's just fantastic. Oh man, it is. It is. Um, so yeah, those were my points. Um do you, did you have anything more to say? Uh not without spoiling the ending for you. That's true. And we do not want that because I want to finish this. Um, so, yeah. So, with that out of the way, um, to any fans who like audio stories, podcast stories, what have you, um, I would recommend Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Um, that is, it's. I think it's also a podcast, but I know primarily it for being a YouTube channel. It's not videos, though. It's just audio only. And it's, it's, it's not like Alice is in Dead, where it's like like a, a a a long story. It's these are just short stories, and you have different voice actors, uh, you know, telling these stories, and they're really really great, and they're really awesome to work to or just listen to on the bus or metro. Um, and they're some of them are genuinely really creepy. Sorry about that. I just had like a series of burps. Uh, some of them are very, very creepy and build a lot of that atmosphere too, like I was mentioning uh, for Alice's and Dead. So I, I very much uh, strongly recommend anyone who's into audio stories to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Yeah. Right on. And for you, Mr. Nortono. Yes, please tell me. What I will be giving you for next episode to watch is the acclaimed Japanese horror film Audition. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this is one of my favorite Japanese horror films. This movie... Fuck. <laughs> That's all I gotta say right now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm already looking up like where, how can I, yeah, watch oh, this? I, I really hope you're able to find it. All right, guys. So that about wraps it up. I think unless you want to do a dance, I, I would love to, except I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't want to, you don't want to spend the next three minutes dancing for nobody. Cause this is an audio. Exactly. Medium. All you'd hear is like my feet pattering on the ground, you know, <laughs> Now that's good radio. <laughs> All right, guys. So for anyone who enjoys this podcast, you can follow it at Pop Culture To Do on Twitter. You can follow my amazing, mighty co-host, The Greg Norton, on, on Instagram at The Greg Norton. He also makes fantastic videos on YouTube. Again, The Greg Norton. They're not that good. <laughs> you shut your beautiful mouth. But yeah. Um, so yeah. You can follow Norton on YouTube and Instagram at the Greg Norton, and you can and follow and Twitter also the Greg Norton. Sorry about that. I'm more active there than on uh, Instagram. Oh, okay. So if you want to chat with Norton, do it on YouTube. Uh, do it on Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, I guess. I'll talk back. Yeah. Um, also, again, ch check us out on Twitter at the pop at the pop culture to do, and you can follow me on Instagram at. Anthony with teeth. Uh, I make art and stuff. His stuff's really cool. It's, yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, I'm also working on a graphic novel that I've been slaving over for three years, and maybe it'll kill me, but we'll see. 
Yeah. Yeah. Killing for art. I mean, dying for art and killing whatever. Yeah. You know, we don't need to talk about the people in your garage. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, right, guys, have a good one. Listening. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs>